What's up, everybody? It's your boy M, aka Big M01 on Instagram, aka Emmanuel. That's my actual name. Eman, Manu. Or it, it varies depending on what part of the world you're from. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with M. If you're new here, uh, this is the podcast where I cover different aspects of life as it relates to a 20-something-year-old, you know, or anyone within this age bracket. As I said before, though, if you're older than that, it doesn't mean you should listen to this. If you're younger, it doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to this. It's just that, um, you know, the, the stories I'll be dishing out or what's relevant to someone that will be like in their 20s. So just a quick shout out to everybody that's, you know, been listening to the podcast. It's so crazy to watch the, the plays go up. And um, I, I just appreciate the support a lot because as I mentioned before, you know, this is like a, um, a passion project. Eventually, I want to be talking to, you know, interesting people and sort of um, giving them like a, a platform where people can come to listen to interesting stories because I'm also interested in knowing people's stories and um, yeah the support man it's been incredible and um, I just hope to to build on this my goal is eventually a thousand plays that's what I'm aiming for um, by the end of 2019 if a thousand plays comes through that's going to be so good and uh, it's already motivating as it is and I just hope that you guys you know will continue to enjoy the content that your boy's putting out. So, you know, last podcast, um, I talked about, you know, the experience of 2018 and how it was a learning lesson for a lot of, you know, a lot of people that I've known and um, just for me, I guess, in, in general too. And um, this episode today, is, it's just going to be more, a little bit lighthearted. I'm just going to cover, you know, like the, uh, the Philippines experience, you know, what it is like uh, being a foreigner out here in the Philippines and, uh, you know, the, someone asked a very interesting question last week about fame versus money, which one I'd choose. And I'd mentioned that fame had killed all my, um, my favorite entertainers. In, in this podcast, I just want to drop a few gems um, just because I've sort of, you know, I've touched elbows with some people that are, are like um, in the entertainment industry over here. And, uh, you know, people like James Reed, people like um, the homies from Careless, um, uh, the homie from uh, GMA, um, Matthias as well. I just wanted to drop some some of my experiences and maybe dish out um, what I see fame to be like through their eyes, just because I've been around them and talked to them for a little bit. And, um, and then give you an opinion based on that as well. And then, you know, just talk about like um, what it was like for me coming into uh, the Philippines, what my expectations were in terms of like, you know, the food and, and what I was expecting to see. Because quite frankly, I had no idea about what uh, the Philippines was about. I want to talk about some of the food culture out here, welcoming culture that they have over here. Everyone's just so nice and lovely. And lastly, just, you know, the whole thing about beauty and how it relates to the Philippines as well as you touch on Miss Universe, their most current win. All right, so without further ado, welcome to episode four of Conversations with M. Let's hit the intro.
another day, another podcast. I never get tired of listening to that um, that intro beat. Always puts me in such a good mood. So you know, like I said, I'm just gonna get into my story of the Philippines. And uh, for those of you that don't know, um, I've been living in the Philippines. If you're listening to this for the first time, I- I've been here. This is now my second year. And um, before that, I was living in Dubai. Uh, in the previous episodes, I think it's in episode two, I touched on that experience and what that was kind of like. Um, and now I'm out here in the beautiful Philippines. And <clears throat> coming into the Philippines, I really had no idea what to expect. Honestly, I just, uh, because I was living in uh, Malaysia for about three years, um, my expectation was for it to be a lot like Malaysia. And in some respects, it is. Um, but except people are way nicer out here. Oh my God. There is no one else that has come as close to being nice as they are out here in the Philippines. It's like the most welcoming culture that I've ever experienced in my life. And um, people are just genuinely kind and happy out here. Like happy. I mean, it, it's just crazy. Like, I'll, I'll, anyway, I'll start from the beginning. So what my expectations were coming in uh, to the Philippines, like I said, it was going to be just a lot of uh, the more Asian things that are more... Uh, prominent in Asian culture so for example like um, street food for example in Malaysia right the just the the culture of food there is is absolutely incredible and um, essentially on every corner you go there's going to be somebody either selling food or there's going to be a restaurant there like one of those outdoor type restaurants or just a place where people are sitting down and essentially eating and that's sort of what I was expecting when I come into the Philippines. Like uh, there'd be like you know food on each side of the road or whatever. And immediately that's the first thing that sort of put me off was that holy crap it's not like that. When I when I say put me off I mean in the sense that um like sort of caught me off guard. Uh, it was that it wasn't the same as uh, Malaysia coming in. Um, the food culture out here feels to be, or what I've experienced anyway, just in the uh, Manila area, it's just very westernized in their approach. And um, I think I understand that perspective as well. It's just to be more accommodating to um, the globalized nature of the world as it is today. Yeah, when I first came in, I was expecting like food to be spicy, for example. But it wasn't. Um, everything's um, very sweet out here. This is the first place where I've tried pasta with a sweet tomato sauce, like sugary sweet. It's interesting. I don't quite get it myself. And I'm a more, of, you know, a spicy guy myself. But um, I guess that, that change in perspective was very interesting. And um, in terms of culture, like as I mentioned before, I, I, I keep saying it over and over again that they're really welcoming. It's, it's so different to um, Malaysia. When I was in Malaysia, there was a very... Um, judgy feel about people i mean in every circumstance especially in i was studying in malaysia that's why i was there um in university especially i was doing a, a dual course with um a university a university in malaysia and a university in france and it was not, the differences were night and day i mean over here you come and um people are excited to sort of tell you about everything that's going on in terms of their culture and everything and that was also the same in malaysia but it's just the way people treat each other out here is just different compared to the way people treat each other out there in malaysia 
because um, I think the biggest difference being, um, from what I had noticed anyway, is the the culture is of, of pride in uh, Chinese culture in, in Malaysia. That's not present out here in the Philippines. And what I mean by that, I'm not trying to get political here. Please um, don't misconstrue this at all. This is just uh, based on my experiences. Um, um, in, yeah, in Chinese culture, everything was, uh, I, I believe the term is like a, a safe face culture. That's what it's called. I remember reading about that somewhere in psychology. And um, yeah, essentially, throughout their lineage, the people of Malaysia, that's been ingrained into their culture. And I feel like that has a huge impact on how they sort of interact with um, with people that are either like foreign or depending even where they're foreign from. Yeah, and um, when I came out here, I just felt like just another person, which was awesome. When it sucks is when you go to a new place and immediately you just feel like you're out of place. And I, I just didn't get that over here. And that was so refreshing because most places of being, as I mentioned, it was um, the atmosphere of, um, of of that. Like you recognize that, holy shit, you know, I, I don't belong here. I don't look like everyone else. And uh, the Philippines has that shit down to like a mad science. And um, thank you so much, you know, all the peeps out here that have just been showing mad love everywhere I go. It's um, It's been so awesome. And uh, my intention is to stay uh, as long as I possibly can, yeah. I guess the other thing I wanted to really touch on was the culture of beauty out here in the Philippines. That's like, it's, it's really interesting. It's like, because um, I believe the Philippines has like a, a, lean, a long line of, of um, beauty queens out here. It's like, it's a thing that they do at like a, um, I believe like a high school level as well. And like a university level, like a college level. Um, they have like pageants and stuff. And I, I, I know this because of um, some of the people that I know have uh, been involved in them as well. And um, it's really interesting um, how that works because as you guys know, the latest Miss Universe was crowned to be um, Miss Philippines, I believe. Um, I don't know much about that. So yo, if you know anything about um, the, the Miss Universe pageant, um, you should feel free to reach out to me so I can start a more detailed conversation about that as well. But I guess I can just, I'll quickly do it now. I'm just going to Google it and see what the heck it's about. Uh, Miss Universe synopsis. Miss Universe is an annual international beauty pageant that is run by Miss Universe organization. Along with its rival contests, Miss World and Miss Earth, this pageant is one of the most important and publicized beauty pageants in the world. But why though? I really don't know what this thing is about. Like, why is it like a um, such an important event? That's what I guess I want to know. Let's look into this. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting how like the Philippines has come out on top um, consistently. And um, it's a, such a thing of pride for them out here. It's so awesome to see how like the country could have someone's back the way uh, Filipino do for theirs, man. I mean, they rap hard wherever they go. Like, they want you to know about the Pinoy experience, you know what I mean? And it's just so dope to see. Alright, so I'm just reading up on this, the history of it. Let's look into that. So, Miss Universe was first used in an international pageant of paltritude in 1926. 
when the Great Depression and the events preceding World War II led to its demise. Wow. I get you guys didn't even know that. Probably you guys listening. Donald Trump bought the pageant at one point. Wow. Okay. All right. So according to the organizers, the Miss Universe contest is more than a beauty pageant. Women aspiring to become Miss Universe must be intelligent, well-mannered, and cultured. Often, a candidate has lost because she did not have a good answer during the question responders round. Responses round, sorry. Although this section of competition has held uh, renewed importance in the editions beginning the late 2010, uh, 2010s. In the late 2010, sorry. Delegates also participate in swimsuits and evening gown competitions. Currently, the final placement of the finalists is determined by rank vote, where each judge ranks each of the final uh, three, five candidates, with the contestants uh, posting the lowest cumulative score. The winner is assigned a one-year contract with the Universe organization, going overseas to spread messages about the control of diseases, uh, peace, and public awareness of AIDS. Aside from the job, the winner also receives a cash allowance for the entire reign. A New York Film... Wow! A New York Film Academy scholarship, a modeling portfolio, beauty products, clothes, shoes, as well as styling, healthcare, and fitness service by different sponsors of the pageant. She also gains exclusive access to events such as fashion shows and opening galas, as well as access to casting calls and modeling opportunities through New York City. Yo, Miss Philippines is gonna be lush, fam. Oh my goodness. When Donald Trump owned the pageant, the winner was given the use of the Trump Palace apartment in New York City during her reign, which she shared with Miss USA and Miss Teen USA title holders. If the winners, for any reason, cannot fulfill her duties as Miss Universe, the first runner-up takes over. Interesting. Wow. So I guess it's just a lot of that. That's interesting. Okay. To be fair, it kind of sounds like they just become a celebrity and do celebrity things. I feel like you, that description fit for like Rihanna. I mean, isn't that essentially it? She's beautiful. She helps. She does good things for the world. You know, like with um, poverty-stricken areas, spreads message and awareness to young girls. I mean, it's still interesting either way. It sounds like uh, Miss Universe, um, since she's from the Philippines, she sounds like she's set for life. I heard like she was half Filipino and half Australian, and there was some debate about how like she's not Pinoy enough. And um, I think, you know, as a person, as just a foreigner standing out, looking into this the whole situation, I think that's complete uh, bullshit. She's still Filipino, and she still rocks, you know, like as a badge of honor to be Filipino. So, whoever's, like, just giving shit about that, yo, y'all can just shut up because um, Filipino people are out here, like, repping her. And I think it's interesting um, that the Philippines kills it at this at this um, competition. Like, I remember having this discussion with some of my guy friends. I'm like, if there was, like, a world list somewhere for most beautiful women in um, in the world, I feel like the Philippines is probably on that top ten list. And that's no lie. That's that's facts, fam. That's facts. Some of the dopest women have to be Pinoya. But yeah, this was um, this was really interesting to learn about. Yeah, I wonder how one essentially gets involved with this, because the way I've seen fame work out here, it's like a lot of people start with modeling. That seems to be like um, 
where everyone's uh, everyone essentially takes off. And another thing about Filipino culture that I've noticed, which is really interesting, you know, since uh, we're on the topic of uh, celebrities, is um, the there seems to be some sort of um, what would what would the word be like a, a deep interest in like half Filipinos out here. They seem to be reigning on the um, on the scale of famous people out here in the Philippines. As in, um, if you're half Filipino and half something else, I guess you hold more interesting than if you, if you were just Filipino. At least that's that's what I've seemed to notice. Because some of the biggest stars out here, for example, are only half. Like um, if you look at James Reed, for example, he's half. Uh, if you look at um, I mean, some of them aren't even Filipino, period. And um, it's just, fame out here works interesting in, in that regard. And out here as well, the type of fans that they are seem to be just more, there seems to be like a very trusting nature uh, that I've noticed between, um, a trusting relationship, I would say, between famous uh, individuals out here in the Philippines and their fans locally in the Philippines. If you go to the U.S., for example, and you're Justin Bieber, there's no way in hell you're going to... No, let's say he goes back to Canada. There's no way in hell, because Justin's from Canada, there's no way in hell, you know, he's just going to walk out into a mall and it's going to be all Gucci. Now, I'm not saying that that um, the celebrities out here are all just walking in, in malls or whatever, but... Um, I'm speaking from experience because I remember I've met um, a few of them on several occasions, right? And I always just, I like being like a fly on the wall and just uh, observing the interactions between um, like super famous uh, people in the Philippines and like everyone else. And um, the point I was trying to make is just that um, they interact differently. Like the, the fans respect them to the extent where They'll take pictures if if, um, if the famous person is okay with it or whatever. But they're not like trying to bum rush them. You know what I mean? Like um, in the US, uh, let's take Justin Bieber. I, I can't imagine he'll just be out in the mall and um, everything's going to go okay. He'll be with bodyguards just in case, right? Um, over here, I feel like famous people are, are a lot more accessible in that sense. Um just because of the the bond they share as being like Filipino it's just so like it's so cool to see seriously there's such a sense of pride about being from here and um I admire that so much and it's it's one country where I've seen where it's 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 like a, a thing they're seriously proud about um like in Malaysia for example if something even in, in Malawi like that's where I'm originally from it's it's in southeast Africa small place called Malawi it's beautiful but um, like something ha bad happens with the country, they'll be like, oh, Malawi or oh, Malaysia. That's just how it is. Over here, I haven't heard of anyone that was local that was using um, the country in that same sentiment. And that's so interesting. I've been here two years and I haven't heard a single person that's from here that's sort of using that same uh, sentiment. And that's awesome because um, it's, a, it's, it's that that helps you appreciate where you're from as well as a person. It helped me appreciate, um, you know, my home country a lot more, to be honest, seeing this sort of connection that they have 
with with their home. But anyway, so yeah, I guess I'll just break into the the stories that I have with um, fame out here. So I met the first time um, I met James Reed was when um, I was with the another actor buddy of mine, and um, we were we happened to be in a um, a club. It was one of my first nights out in the Philippines. No, I think my, like my third or fourth night out in the Philippines. And uh, we went to one of the clubs where um, my, my actor friend frequents. And um, this was also the night that uh, James Reed happened to be there. And my actor friend introduced me. You know, we chopped it up for what must have been like all of uh, 30 seconds or something. Took a picture and that was that. And he did his own thing. But when I was talking to him, it was just like a... A normal guy, like shouts out to you, James, and um, it was dope meeting you for for that moment in time. And um, he was just a like regular ass dude, you know what I mean? You're just cool and able to converse. I can't imagine that being um, being the way he is like out here. Okay, for those that don't know, this guy is like the equivalent of um, yeah, like uh, what's his name, Justin Bieber in, in the states, I guess. He's what, this dude is what uh, Justin is to, like, to whoever listens to Justin Bieber, if that makes any sense, yeah. And it's like if Joe Rogan came out here, I I bug out. That's the same effect that this dude has on, on his following out here in the Philippines. And, um, yeah, like I said, they were very accessible. And uh, then I remember, remember bumping into him a couple more times. And um, the other side of it is with the Careless Crew. Um, shouts out to them as well. They're so dope, man. And uh, I love what they're doing with the music scene out here. I'm, hopefully, if I ever get this podcast to be where it needs to be, my intention is to sit down with uh, with um, the homies from Careless and just break down what this whole experience is like for them. I mean, from like a human perspective. Because I always wondered, right? I can't imagine this shit um, keeps you normal. It just, it's, fame is the most abnormal um, human experience, I think, that uh, that anyone can go through. And um, I remember another conversation that happened later when I met James. Um, this was through um, another friend uh, who was on Careless as well. And... You know, I, I just, I asked him just briefly, I said, how do you cope with all this, you know? And he just told me, he's like, bro, you just get used to it. And that statement really resonates, resonated with me because, not because, you know, I've experienced fame. No, 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 I haven't. But I think it encapsulates everything you need to know about what it is to be famous. Because it's not a normal thing, right? You just... You have no choice but to just get used to it. It's, it was very interesting um, either way. And um, yeah, as I was saying, uh, their, James's movement with um, the Careless Crew, with the music, and what they're trying to do, just trying to put it on the map like that, I think it's so dope, man. And um, my intention one day is to have, sit with one of them and talk about the human side of trying to cope with this madness that is fame. Because I think that would be so interesting. Because you always probably, I, I can't speak for him because he's not here right now. But or, or any of them really, any of my friends that are in in that circle, 
But I would love, if you're listening to this, right, I would love to sit down with one of you and really just talk about um, the craziness of being in that position. Because I, I really feel like people would be really interested in, in knowing what that means from like a Filipino uh, perspective. So if any of you guys are listening to this right now and you're okay with being on my podcast or you want to wait until your boy is like hot shit and, you know, reaches like a thousand plays or, or something, I'm cool with that too. Maybe I'll reach out to them then. But yeah, man, um, my experience with them is that they're all so down to earth. And um, as long as you're not like crazy fan person who's, who's out here trying to, I don't know, you know, work angles just because they're in a certain position, then I, I think they just, they're just awesome people. They're just regular ass people like to do like regular stuff as well. Sure, with a higher spending cap than most people, but it's like, um, yeah, they're all really uh, good people. And um, hopefully I get to have them on here for you guys um, uh, on the podcast. So this brings me to the next part of the podcast. Um, I hope... So, you know, that covers it for, I guess, my Philippines experience. To be honest, that's how it was. It was, in total, it was the perceptions I had before I got here about the country. And then, coming here, I, I met a lot of people. Um, and uh, I've, I've seen the whole spectrum of the Philippines as well. You know, it's a third world um, country, but like it's going places. Um, it, I remember it was rated one of the places to make the most, um, the highest growth rate in um GDP, and um, that's just so dope to hear, only to be bested by Mauritius, which is the highest, uh, um, I, I believe, the highest uh, percentage rate at the moment for GDP uh, for an African nation. But yeah, so in, t- in brief, in brief, um, my Philippines experience was my perceptions I had of it before I came here and then learning about the people and the welcoming nature and uh, meeting some amazing people along the way. Um, and then essentially getting to know the famous side of the Philippines as well. And, um, because of my involvement with hip hop as well, you know, seeing the other side of, um, the marginalized side, that was also dope and interesting to, to witness, to be attested to. Um, And, um, yeah, hopefully throughout this podcast, I get to sit down with both sides of that spectrum and then really break it down for you guys. So it's now time for the next part in the segment, which is um, the questions part. This time I'm going to be reading out people's names for the questions. So the first question comes from the homegirl Savannah out in Dubai. Um, it was actually her idea to have these questions on. So shouts out to Savannah for now, for that. Um, her question goes, aside from your current job, if you could do anything, what would you be doing? Both realistically. Example, uh, doing a degree or a different field and in a dream scenario. Example, Batman. (laughs) This is the part I love about (laughs) our friendship. Listen to what she says, right? Realistic, actual answer, please. Not philosophical nonsense with whimsical language. <laughs> oh my God, it's so cold. All right. Um. So, what would I be doing instead? 
Really, I'd probably be like a radio DJ. I think that would be that's me, and just talking mad shit about hip hop and um. And what I'm doing right now with this podcast, I'd probably be doing that for instead of um of account management and what I'm doing now. Uh, if that's the, I guess that would be the realistic job, and um, the dream job, or is um. Or a degree, she said a degree in a different field or a dream job. Um, I told her previously that I'd want to be an animator. You know, that's like um, something I've always wanted when I was younger. But like now a dream job, seriously, would be if I had the knowledge to be part of um, of like Tesla or some of these forward thinking private uh, companies. One of Elon Musk's companies, man, would be insane. To be there and be one of the people that actually knows what they're doing with the engineering uh, side of things. I I would love for that to be in that position. Just because I feel like those companies are at the frontier of something very important for just human beings in general. And it must be so exciting to be, uh, you know, part of those those lines in history. This next question is from uh, the homegirl Tanya Ray. We grew up in Dubai together. Um, she asks, in what way do you think international school friendships are different from others, if at all? Yo, I think this one runs deep. I think it's different in a lot of respects because, um, first of all, with um, international school friendships, essentially what that, what that is that you're friends with the fucking United Nations, essentially, dude. The school we went to had over 72 nationalities there. As a culture, it'd be so much more understanding people and their circumstances and where they're from than just had an upbringing with like your local, you know, school with um, kids from that specific country. And um, the international experience also, unfortunately, gets you used to moving places, meaning that you get used to the um, the short-term nature of of a lot of your friendships because, you know... Dubai was like a stopover country for a lot of families. So they'd come there, they'd work for like two years, and then they'd move on to the next thing. So the thing we got. Plus, though, I managed to keep, you know, strong bonds with a lot of the people that I went to high school with in Dubai. I've known them for like 10 years now. You know, lucky enough, they weren't really they were there for like two years, and then they left. A lot of them grew up there for a long time. Good question, Tanya. Thank you for that. And before I'll end um, the questions series for today. Uh, all right, so time for the last segment is just a story from my past. Um, I'll start with, I guess this is, yeah, this is like a funny story. A funny and, and a lesson story as well. Since I'm on the same thread of uh, long friendships um, in Dubai, I remember uh, back in high school, um, you know, back when I was really still into, I guess, smoking or really getting started with smoking, I was uh, trying out this thing called Doha. It's um, Arabic tobacco, essentially, that you smoke through a pipe. And um, I got caught with it uh, in in the boys' bathroom. That's what we used to do in high school. We used to go up to the bathrooms and we'd smoke. And um, I was holding it in my hands. This this time I wasn't even actually going to smoke it. I was just waiting for a friend who was in the bathroom lighting up. And I was holding it in my hands. I was 
um, dishing it out into another uh, another pot for me to take home. And um, the principal walks in. He looks at me dead in the eye, and he first he says he mouths out, "Who else is with you over there?" And I told him that there's no one there. And then he comes to the door. He knocks on it. And it's my friend. But my friend never even went. He, he'd already graduated from the school. You know, he was just there clearing up some paperwork or something. So he, he, he wouldn't get in trouble. It was just me. And um, so my parents get called in. I got suspended for a day. I had to sign a, a form, a disciplinary form. So it was like a, a scratch of my record, you know. So I wasn't a perfect pupil. I got in trouble too. And I, I, I sort of lashed out and acted out as well. It was funny, man. Teenage years, you just, you're so full of so many feelings and anger and whatever. It's just uh, an interesting time. But yeah, that's the, that's the funny story, um, essentially. And um, that does it for today's uh, podcast. Thank you so much for sitting through and listening. Um, it's always fun to do these. And I'm so glad people are still listening to them and uh, uh, really engaging. Um, please do feel free to send me questions. Um, at any time, Big M01, Big M01 on Instagram. Uh, feel free to hit me up. We can get a conversation going as well. That's all good. It's been your boy, Big M. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I want to wish you guys and your families a very happy new year. Um, 2019, we're going to dominate. We're all going to dominate. And I hope to get this podcast to a thousand plays in 2019 and even talk to some of my homies out here um for from their perspective on fame so thank you so much it's been a pleasure peace out <laughs>